Welcome to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. I'm Josh Elledge, founder and CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. We turn entrepreneurs into media celebrities, grow their authority, and help them build partnerships with top influencers. We believe that every person has a unique message that can positively impact the world. Stick around to the end of the show, where I'll reveal how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing daily inspiration podcasts on the planet in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. And with us right now, we've got Tom Fox. Tom, you're known as the compliance evangelist and the founder of the Compliance Podcast Network. Thank you so much for joining us. It's really my pleasure, Josh. Thank you for having me. So what brought you to compliance? And first off, do you mind just kind of give us like a dictionary definition of compliance and what compliance law is? Sure. Uh, compliance is any program which uh, is designed to help you follow a law or regulation or, or something along those lines. I'm a lawyer by professional training, a recovering trial lawyer, went in the corporate world. And in my last position, I was general counsel of a company that had violated a law that prevents U.S. companies from engaging in bribery and corruption outside the United States. In that job, I was uh, part of the new leadership team, and we had to design, create, and implement a best practices compliance program. We were successful in that. That job went away, and uh, I decided to go into private practice, uh, helping companies build compliance programs. So that's what I've been doing the last uh, 10 plus years. Yeah. Uh, so again, kind of a no-brainer then. If someone wants to av- avoid making mistakes, I mean, it's, it's you would some might think, why do you need uh, compliance if everyone's just doing the right thing? Um, why do you? So, do you typically work as from an audit perspective, or does someone have a compliance professional always there, always on staff because there's enough to kind of keep an eye on? So a, a company of above sort of 1.5 billion would have uh, enough employees to have one on staff. Uh, my um, sweet spot would be companies 1.5 down to 100 million, which are large enough to have a general counsel, but not a lot, not large enough to have a compliance professional. And I'm an expert uh, outside resource for them. Uh, so when I'm on your website right now, and, and so you've got a, a couple of them here, but uh, so if I'm on the Compliance Podcast Network, uh, as someone who doesn't follow compliance on a daily basis, I would think, holy cow, there are really this many podcasts around compliance. <laughs> is there that much to talk about? <laughs> uh, there is, because what I came to realize was that, uh, and really more applicable for your listeners is compliance is not a legal response to a legal problem. Mm -hmm. Compliance properly seen, it makes business processes more efficient and businesses more profitable at the end of the day. So if you can help a company comply with the law, do what the government says and help them make money, I think that's about as good as it gets from the legal perspective. Can you talk about how you got into podcasting and and how you've built up a network? How many shows am I seeing here? I'm like three, six, nine, 12, 15, 18, 21, 24, 24? No, 27. What? How Uh, many shows are there here? 40 in the network, 28 of which I produce. Good Lord. Now, so uh, you're one of these folks that we call a prolific podcaster. The mic's always on, basically. Uh, the problem, my charm is the same thing as my problem. I have one switch on or off. I don't have a dimmer. Uh, <laughs> if I think of a new idea, I start a new podcast. 
But I got into podcasting as an outgrowth of my own social media marketing. Uh, when I went out on my own, I was laid up from an accident and I couldn't leave my house. So I started Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, started blogging. That led to book writing. That led to podcasting in about 2012. About three years ago, I got the idea that uh, the, in the, the compliance field is so niche, I would never have huge numbers to attract advertisers from a podcast. But if I had 40 podcasts, maybe that would have an aggregate enough amount of numbers that would um, attract an advertisers and I could actually monetize this whole thing. Well, does it work? Uh, I am working on it now. <laughs> and so... Uh, from beyond just an advertising standpoint, I, listen, I'm, I'm of the opinion, I mean, if you're going to do a pop, you know, like a pop culture show or a comedy and, you know, it's all about just kind of serving a big audience, general audience. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of advertising opportunity if you can really truly grow it. But I think doing something professional that you do, I would say the there are far more benefits to podcasting than just working with advertisers. What, what are some of those benefits that you've experienced already? So for me personally, it's the opportunity to meet people like you. I'm a continuous learner. I'm curious by nature. Uh, every, uh, um, almost all of my podcasts are interview format. So I'm talking to the best, the brightest and the best every day, multiple times a day. It, it really puts me in the forefront of the cutting edge of compliance. But for the professional who wants to get their name out, uh, podcasting is one piece of social media content. If you do a podcast, you can start with a blog, you can start with a podcast. But if you do a podcast and you get your transcript, now you've got a blog. If you have enough of those, then you have a white paper. If you have enough of those, then you have a book. And it's the perfect uh, step for content marketing. And I can't emphasize enough to any professional out there you need to work on your brand and you need to work on your relationship with your client, customer base and stakeholders. And podcasting, I think, is one of the most intimate ways to do so because they hear your voice. Yeah. You know, I know that uh, when there's a subject that I want to learn, you know, um, I just go into my podcast app and I search by keyword. And uh, it's awesome as so I use CastBox and I'll go into and I'll search shows for particular subjects. And I usually find, I mean, just exceptional conversations and exceptional, exceptional programs if I want to do a deep dive on something. And in fact, someone, you know, if someone like recommends a book, well, before I go and buy and uh, commit to a, you know, eight hour, nine hour audio book, uh, I love listening to uh, you know, 30 minute, 60 minute long conversation with the author. Uh, it, it's, it's the way I love to learn. But more important than that, beyond just learning, uh, I've developed a lot of relationships by being a podcast consumer. So I hear someone featured as a guest and I'm like, that was the perfect intro to this person that I needed to let me know, should I reach out to them and engage? Do I feel that this person can solve my problems? Uh, and I would imagine many people that you've been able to be on either side of the microphone with um, kind of have that in mind. Uh, that's absolutely right. But the thing that I learned that makes podcasting different than blogging and writing is it, it's, it's intimacy. I have so many people say, I, I recognize your voice. I have your voice in my head every morning because I do a daily news wrap up at 5 a.m. 
And uh, so people get used to that. And that really does make you stand out in any field. And if people want one idea of a podcast to start, start a daily news show, whatever your, your area of expertise is. If nobody's doing it, you will garner the market on that. Hmm. So what is then the, the I guess, the, the business or the, the kind of the business plan behind Compliance Podcast Network? The business plan is to grow the network as broadly as I can to provide one-stop shopping for anyone interested in any topic in compliance. And from there, see where I can take it. Do you, do you still take jobs as if someone reaches out to you and says, hey, uh, we, need a, we need compliance counsel? Uh, I don't say this very often and I don't say it very loud, but yes, I do occasionally legal <laughs> work uh, when I need to pay a bill. Yeah. So, but this is what I love doing. So this is what I do now. Yeah. All right. So what would be the most popular compliance? Po- so if someone's like, all right, I, I want to dig into the world of, of Tom Fox, which podcast would they start with? Uh, which, they, which one is actually, let me ask you this way. Which one is the most accessible for business owners? So they're all accessible. Uh, my business or my target market or audience rather is about 40% uh, business executives, 30% compliance professionals, and 30% legal types. So uh, this is really a B2B podcast network. I can go as uh, specific and geeky into the weeds as I have a podcast called Compliance Into the Weeds. Uh, then I do a leadership podcast where we look at popular culture, sporting events, history called uh, 12 O'Clock High, a podcast on business leadership, and sort of everything in between. So if I'm just running a company and uh, I want to know if I'm breaking any laws. What do I do? <laughs> well, first thing you do is call your lawyer. Yeah. Uh, the second thing to do is what compliance is, it's a process. You uh, pre- prevent detect and remediate. So if you can detect any problems through your internal financial controls, then you can prevent it from becoming a legal issue if something pops up. And then the the third part is the most, fix it. And that's how compliance differs from legal because legal inside of a corporation is there to protect the company. It's not there to fix problems. Yeah. Uh, So uh, what what would be, what what are, for uh, say our smaller companies, so maybe under you know five ten million on down. Um, what do you? What would you guess are the most common errors that they might be making that they should probably take a close look at? I, I would imagine financial, right? Well, certainly it's financial, but from the compliance perspective, it's who are you doing business with? Are you doing business with any person, uh, people on the government's bad people list, especially designated people, uh, people who are government officials, and that, by that I mean foreign government officials, not inside the U.S. And so are you, are you doing business with or somehow funneling money legitimately or otherwise to people uh, who are third parties getting commissions for sales where they're also the decision maker over whether you get a contract. So is there a massive conflict of interest? Yeah. You know, it's funny. I, I don't want to spoil him for anyone who's at a earlier season. I'm, I'm watching the final season of Silicon Valley right now. And uh, there, uh, have you, have you heard about, well, apparently this is a big part of the storyline. So uh, there's a South American investor and he's got ties to, uh, bad, bad money. Right. <laughs> and so apparently, so there is a law that, that uh, was it, um, it keeps apps from selling to uh, maybe disreputable 
organizations overseas. Uh, I just happened to, just a couple of days ago, uh, that this kind of came into my life. You know what I'm talking about? Or do I, I don't sound like I know what I'm talking about. So, but there's a really a, a business reason to do this beyond the legal reason. And that's the reputational damage your company can get if it's seen to be an unethical company. And you name the corporate scandal, Volkswagen, uh, Wells Fargo, Boeing, they are all ethical scandals. And they're going to hurt the company's bottom line financially for years. The uh, um, Business Roundtable last summer issued a statement on the purpose of a business corporation where they expanded the number of stakeholders to include customers, to include employees, to include third parties, to include the communities in which you live in. And at this point in our time, you know, literally in Q2 of 2020, reputational damage is much more than uh, any fine or penalty. And then, of course, social media just amplifies that. No kidding. So as of when we're recording this right now, there's um, a lot of turmoil, rightly so, just regards to race issues in the United States. So I think a lot of companies are probably, hopefully, doing some soul searching. Uh, you know, are we, are our uh, employment practices in line? Um, you know, are we truly being fair um, in, in that perspective? It, I would imagine that this is a show that, or I'm sorry, this is a topic that has probably been discussed, correct? Right. Let me, let me put it even something that you would never think would have a legal ramification, but Airbnb laid off about 40% of their workforce. And they did it in perhaps the most empathetic, humane way I've ever seen. The CEO of the company sent out an email to every employee, explained the situation and said, we're really sorry. Here's what we're going to have to do. We're going to do this uh, with as much dignity as possible. Everyone's going to get a personal call from an officer and they're going to explain to you, HR will be on the line to explain what your options are, explain the settlement package. Everyone's going to get a settlement package. If I can uh, contrast that with uh, Weight Watchers who fired 30% of their workforce with a Zoom call that no one had any notice they were going to be terminated on. And literally someone read a statement written by legal. Those are the kinds of reputational issues that you might not think of because they're not, they don't have legal ramifications. Neither side did anything wrong legally, but that sort of gets, um, uh, amplified now on social media and six months or a year from now, would you want to work for a company that's going to fire you via a zoom call? Yeah. So, um, yeah, was, you know, again, consider that every independent contractor, every employee, every customer, uh, every partner, they all have social media accounts. Uh, so this is, this is the world that we're in right now. So, um, you know, beyond just, uh, you know, again, yeah, I get it. Beyond just legal, uh, you know, ethically, is this the right thing to do? What's your corporate culture? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Awesome. Okay. Well, Tom, um, why, uh, why 40 shows? Uh, because I'm just trying to get as many shows as I can on my network. Uh, one of the reasons I wanted to visit with your audience is if anybody wants to come on my network, I'd love to talk to them. I'm trying to get as much information to the compliance professional that may even be outside of what you and I would think of as compliance. So, you know, the type of work you do and the type of social media outreach that you have is absolutely critical for a chief compliance officer because a compliance practitioner's customers 
that's their internal corporate employees. And I, as a lawyer, I can tell you one thing, lawyers are terrible at social media. And that means even if you're sitting in the, in the CCO chair, so how can you influence, how can you get your message out? How can you tell your story as a corporate uh, officer, as a senior management person, as a chief compliance officer, if you don't embrace the concepts that you and I have in terms of social media outreach? Um, one other thing I was thinking of, what do you think we're going to see just in terms, do you think that COVID compliance, is this already a thing? It is already a thing. And for instance, in the state of Massachusetts, they're reopening now, but every company has to have a COVID compliance form available for the public. And it's it's basic things like uh, we clean, we've tested, uh, we have um, personal protective equipment available if you want it and need it. We have hand sanitizers, but every business has to have something to not only process for them to go through uh, to open to the public, but also to assure the public that at least the minimum steps are being taken. Yeah. Excellent. All right. Well, Tom Fox, I want to thank you so much for joining us again. You're known as the compliance evangelist. You're the founder of the compliance podcast network. I suspect that whatever app you're listening to this podcast in right now, you probably just search for the word compliance and you're going to find one of Tom's 40 shows. <laughs> what's what's What are some of your favorites? So they're like my children. They're all my favorites. Uh, yeah, I know. There are no favorites. There are no favorites. But uh, my leadership podcast, 12 O'Clock High, a podcast on business leadership. I have one called Innovation and Compliance. Uh, my signature podcast is uh, the FCPA Compliance Report. I do a roundtable podcast where I moderate four or five of the top commentators in compliance called Everything Compliance. Uh, And then I do a weekly wrap-up called This Week in FCPA. Uh, Two of my newest podcasts, I decided my role in the coronavirus crisis was, of course, to start yet another podcast. (laughs) So I started Compliance and Coronavirus, but it's it's a B2B podcast trying to bring information to the business community about the business implications of uh, the coronavirus. So that's been a lot of fun and I've learned a lot from that. Yeah. Fantastic. Tom Fox, thank you so much again, your website, compliancepodcastnetwork.net. And you can see the whole, uh, it's like I said, it's, it's like looking at Netflix. I have so many choices here. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Josh. Thanks for listening to The Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. Now, if you've got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. Now, if you do that, tag us with the hashtag upmyinfluence. Each month, We scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform, and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. Now, what do you win? Well, we're going to promote you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans, totally free. Now, can you also hook us up? Now, in your podcast player right now, please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and 
motivated to succeed. 15 minutes a day. Now, my name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Now, thanks for listening, and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Thank you.